Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For yourself, I'll leave links in the description. With that out of the way, let's get started. So real quick, the 10 levels of financial independence, according to me anyway, are level 0, financial dependence, level 1, financial solvency, level 2, financial stability, level 3, debt freedom, level 4, coasting financial independence, also sometimes known as freedom from employer, level 5, financial security, Level 6, financial flexibility. Level 7, financial independence. Level 8, financial freedom. And finally, level 9, financial abundance. The definitions vary a little bit depending on what article you're reading, but the levels are usually defined as something like this. Level 0, or financial dependency, is when your debt payments and other living expenses are greater than your own income. This means that in one way or another, you're dependent on someone or something else to help you pay for all your bills. Or if you happen to be a kid and don't actually have any bills, you may need someone else, usually your parents, to pay to put food on the table and keep the lights on and have a roof over your head. This is the level that all of us start out on, and it's referred to as level zero because, as a financial dependent, you obviously don't have any financial independence. Level 1, or financial solvency, is where you're current on all your debt payments and you can meet your financial commitments and other living expenses without any outside help. Financial stability is usually defined as when you have built some sort of emergency fund in addition to being financially solvent. Level 3 is again debt freedom, and it's defined differently depending on who you ask. For some, it's being completely debt free, mortgage and everything. For others, it's being just free of the high interest debts like credit cards, but you still may have a mortgage or some other debts like student loans. And for some others, it's paying off all of your debts except for your mortgage, but your credit cards, student loans, car loans, all that stuff is paid off. Level 4 is known by several different names. Uh, The main one that I've seen is coasting financial independence, but sometimes it's also known as freedom from employer, or barista financial independence, or agency, depending on the blog you're looking at. I personally like the idea of it being coasting financial independence, so that's what I'm going to be using in this and future videos but know that some people refer to it by one of the other titles. But the idea is the same. You reach the level of coasting financial independence when you could, if you wanted to, step down from a job that may be higher paying, but also be either less satisfying or more stressful, or both, into a new job that may be lower paying, but more enjoyable or less stressful, or both. This is because in the early years of their career, or just the most recent years of their career, someone who has achieved this level of financial independence has managed to save a very decent sum of money that would be able to provide for the later years of their retirement after it has grown, even if they don't put any more money in. Therefore, all this person would need to do is make enough money to get to age 60 or 65 or 70 or whatever the numbers work out to be for them when they're going to start withdrawing the money from their investments. So in a sense, a person who achieves this level of financial independence worked really, really hard and was very frugal, usually in the first few years of their career, so that they could coast their way into retirement. And I've gone into more detail of the various types of financial independence in a previous video, which I'll link in the description below if you're interested in learning more. But that's the basic idea. Level 5, or financial security, is effectively when your cash flow from your investments has grown to large enough that it can provide for your annual basic survival expenses. 
Now I say survival expenses because I do differentiate that from living expenses. Survival expenses are just the basic things you need to survive. Food, water, shelter, some form of transportation, clothing, and probably insurance. Basically, this does not include things like Netflix subscriptions or cable bills or, heck, even internet. It is purely survival expenses. So this probably isn't the ideal spot to retire, and I certainly wouldn't want to retire at this point, but it is an important level to keep in mind because it does give you security, hence the name. And if you were on level 5 and got fired today, you would be okay. You could survive until you found another job. So this is essentially the first level that really gives you, I guess, the peace of mind, even if the lifestyle, should you have chosen to live it, may not be the most lavish. Level 6, or financial flexibility, is similar in many ways to financial security, just a step up. It's when you have the ability to live off your current cash flow from your wealth, assuming that you have a flexible spending plan that adjusts for up and down markets. So if the market's up 20% one year, you may be able to spend a little bit more, but if the market's down 20% the next year, then you're not going to spend quite as much. I've seen it defined many ways, so it could vary depending on who you ask, but the one that I personally like the most as my own kind of guidepost is that it's roughly half of full financial independence, which if you're following the 4% rule is going to be roughly 12 and a half times your current expenses have been saved. So not quite financial independence, but getting there. Level 7 is financial independence, and it's usually based off the 4% rule, which I've covered in a previous video. You can follow the 4% rule when you have saved roughly 25 times your annual expenses. The vast majority of the time, this amount of money will be enough to allow you to maintain your current lifestyle in retirement, and as a result, you could be considered financially independent. And some articles end it right there, but I think there are a couple of levels that are a bit higher on the totem pole than just financial independence that are worth considering, even if not all of us are going to try to achieve them because being at level 7 allows us to do what we wanted all along. So let's briefly talk about those other levels. Level 8 is financial freedom, which I've often seen defined as the cash flow from your investments being greater than financial independence and a few more life goals that you have. Life goals, of course, will differ for everybody, but this could be something like taking a trip or two overseas, or moving to a new place you've always wanted to live but haven't had quite enough money to live there up until now, or whatever the case may be for you. Like I said, it's different for everybody. You're going to know your own dreams better than I will. Level 9 is financial abundance, and this one is quite simply just that the cash flow from your investments is more than you will ever need. You could spend it if you really wanted to, but it would actually take some effort. And the stuff from level 8 doesn't really cut into it much at all. So you could up those goals even more and still have some cash flow left over at the end of the year. This also probably has a slightly different definition for each person, depending on who you ask, but I personally like to think of it as roughly three times your financial freedom number. Because this would allow you to experience a horrible bear market where your investments drop down by 50% in a year, and you would still have 1.5 times the amount that you would need to maintain the lifestyle you lead in level 8. To me, that means that it's probably more than you're ever going to need. But again, that's strictly my own opinion on the matter. So those are the 10 levels of financial independence. Now let's walk through a hypothetical example of how someone could go from level 0 to being financially independent in a single lifetime. John and Jane are a recently married couple, each making $20 an hour at the age of 23, or $83,200 a year, assuming no overtime, which is pretty good. 
They managed this because they are not only good hardworking people, but also got good grades in school and were selective about the job that they decided to pursue. Obviously, just like everyone else, they would have started off as financial dependents. And possibly while going through college, they may have been building up some student loans that they wouldn't have had the money to pay off at the time. Assuming, of course, that they didn't earn enough money while in school to keep up with that rising debt. And for the sake of this example, that's what I'm going to assume. In all, they have credit card debt, two car payments, and student loans, which have balances of $5,000, $35,000, and $60,000, respectively. But since they got their jobs, they are no longer financially dependent and their incomes have allowed them to become current on all their debt payments without the help of others. In addition to their regular monthly debt payments, their annual expenses are $48,000 a year. So they are currently in level 1, financial solvency, and they're trying to figure out a way to move to level 2, financial stability. In order to do that, they need to figure out a way to build up an emergency fund. Now, if they were following the 10 levels to a T, then they would look to build a 3-6 to six month emergency fund of their survival expenses. However, this is not the only way to approach it. Say if you were following the Dave Ramsey 7 Baby Steps, you would start off with just a $1,000 starter emergency fund and then get right on to attacking your debts. And other financial systems and plans may have you approach it entirely differently. Either way is perfectly fine, because the 10 levels system isn't really meant to be a financial formula, per se. It's more there to give us some sort of a guidepost so that we can better track our progress towards achieving financial independence. But just for the purposes of this video, I am going to assume that they follow the 10 levels in order, so we are going to be building up a full emergency fund. In order to find out how much of an emergency fund they will need, we will need to know how much money they need to survive. Not necessarily on their current level of expenses while they have jobs, but purely on survival expenses, which are basically the four walls of your financial house. Or in other words, again, food, shelter, utilities, basic clothing, some form of transportation, and probably insurance. In this case, I'm going to assume that their survival expenses are right around $3,000 a month. Which means that in order to get a 3-month emergency fund, they would need $9,000. And in order to get a 6-month emergency fund, they would need to save $18,000. Both John and Jane feel pretty darn secure in their jobs, and the market's doing fairly well, so they don't think it's too likely, at least in the near term, that they would have to get laid off when the company decides to downsize. So they decide together that they are comfortable, for now, with having just a three-month emergency fund of $9,000. So with $83,200 a year in income, $48,000 a year in expenses, plus minimum payments of $100 on the credit card, which is 2% of the balance, $550.78 on the car loans, and $621.83 on the student loans, they will have approximately $1,660 a month left to start building their emergency fund. However, both John and Jane have been looking into their finances and researching a lot lately, and they became fired up at the possibility of becoming financially independent while they're still young. So they want to see if there's a way that they can speed up this whole process. And as it turns out, thankfully, there are many. After taking a look at some of the options, they decided that they're going to work as much overtime as they possibly can. For the sake of simplicity, I'm going to assume that they managed to work, on average, 5 hours per week of overtime, which will increase their monthly income by about $1,300 a month. Meaning that instead of $1,660 a month, they will have about $2,960 a month left over after expenses. And they're going to sell both of their cars and buy some nice used cars with cash to help knock down some of that initial debt. After putting out a couple of ads online, they managed to find buyers for each of their cars that is willing to give them $15,000. So they take that $30,000 and use $5,000 to pay off that credit card balance, 
and another $10,000 to buy a couple of used cars from someone that they know takes good care of their vehicles, whether that be a family friend or just a mechanic that they trust. The remaining $15,000 is thrown at their car loans. This means that the credit card loan is fully paid off, and therefore the $100 minimum payment is no longer needed. So John and Jane start throwing $3,060 a month, which is what they have left over now that they no longer have a credit card payment, into their emergency fund, and they get it fully funded in just under three months. Over the course of those first three months, they manage to bring their car loan balances down to about $18,400, thanks in large part to the $15,000 that they threw at it right at the beginning after selling their cars and also of course making the minimum payments in those first three months. Now that their emergency fund is fully funded, however, they're able to throw that $3,060 a month, in addition to the $550 a month minimum payment that they were already making, at their car loan, and they get it wiped out in six months flat. So a mere nine months into their journey, John and Jane not only have a fully funded emergency fund, but they also have paid off both of their car loans. Now there's just the student loans to tackle. And thanks to the fact that they've been making minimum payments on them for nine months, and the fact that they have a little over $3,000 at the end of the ninth month left over after paying off their car loans, their student loans now have a balance of $53,263. And John and Jane follow the same pattern that they did with their car loans, throwing everything they've got left over after expenses, which is now over $3,600 a month since they no longer have a $550 car payment to make, and they pay off their student loans in full in 13 months. So John and Jane have managed to become debt-free and have a fully funded emergency fund in 22 months, or just under two years. They have now officially reached level three, and because of that, they now have over $4,200 a month left over after expenses, which they can use to get started investing. Which brings us to level four, coasting financial independence. Let's assume that John and Jane want to retire by the age of 65. That means that whatever they put in now needs to be enough to grow to a point where it can support their lifestyle in retirement by the time they're 65. If we assume that an average rate of return in the market is about 10% before inflation, and an average inflation rate is about 3% per year on average, then we can get a rough estimate of how much John and Jane need to put away in order to achieve a state of coasting financial independence. In this particular hypothetical example, since they're 24 and almost 25, they will have somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 years to let that money grow before needing to take any of it out. If their expenses were about $48,000 a year at the age of 23, then 42 years later when they're 65, assuming a 3% rate of inflation, they would need a tad bit over $166,000 each year to live on. Again, assuming we follow the 4% rule to figure out how much they need once they fully retire to be financially independent, that means that they would need to have at least $4.15 million invested in the market by the time they turn 65. Which means, in their particular case, they would need roughly $110,000 saved up, give or take, assuming a 10% rate of return like we said, in order to achieve coasting financial independence. And because they're now able to save about $4,233 a month, now that they're debt-free, they're able to hit that goal in two years flat. Meaning that, in theory, they would be able to step down from their current jobs and move to more rewarding, less stressful, but probably lower paying jobs, just three years and ten months into their financial journey. That is incredible. But like I said, coasting financial independence wasn't their end goal. They wanted to be fully financial independent. So they keep working and investing for now. 
The next level is level 5, financial security, which is achieved when their cash flow from your investments is again greater than your annual survival expenses, which remember is $3,000 a month in John and Jane's case. Because they are debt free, are making good money at their jobs, and are being intentional with their finances, they achieve financial security in a little over 4 years, with over $367,000 in their portfolio. It has been a mere 87 months, or 7 years and 3 months, since they began their financial journey. John and Jane are 30 years old, and they're able to get by on their investments alone. In theory, they could retire right now. It wouldn't be the most glamorous of retirement by any stretch of the imagination, and it wasn't their goal, but it is an option they do technically have. They don't have to worry about losing their jobs anymore, because even if both of them lost their jobs immediately, they would be able to make it long enough to either find a new job or some other source of income like a side hustle. This is really the first level, like I said, where you get that peace of mind. At least in my opinion. Their next goal is to achieve financial flexibility, which like I mentioned earlier has a few different definitions, but the one I'll use in this video is roughly half of full financial independence. Which for John and Jane would be roughly $600,000, or about $855,000 if we're accounting for inflation. Which means that they would only take a couple more years to reach financial flexibility. 9 years and 8 months into their journey, not accounting for inflation, and 11 years and 9 months if we do account for inflation. And I'll explain why I'm breaking those two up here in a minute. But for now, John and Jane continue investing through all the highs and lows of the market until they reach full financial independence exactly 14 years into their financial journey, assuming we don't account for inflation. Or 18 years and 3 months, assuming we do. So you might be wondering, why do I split up the accounting for inflation timeframes and the not accounting for inflation timeframes? Because shouldn't we always be accounting for inflation? Well, technically, yes. But the reason that I split them up in this video is because, in my experience anyway, taking this journey myself, as well as having seen some other people take it, this journey changes how you view a lot of things, especially money. And more often than not, from what I've seen and what I've heard, these changes tend to lead to you valuing things such as freedom of mobility, location, and time more than valuing material things. And oftentimes, that leads to you actually spending less than you did when you started the journey. And that's not to say that everybody becomes minimalist or whatever going through this journey. I'm not saying that at all. But what I have noticed in myself and from what I've seen from others is that a lot of people who have gone through this journey become closer to minimalist than they were when they started, as they find out more and more things that they used to buy just don't provide enough value or happiness or excitement for them to be worth the money that they're spending. And then they find better uses for their money and for their time, which means that even though inflation is technically increasing all of our expenses through making every dollar less and less valuable over time, if you're also decreasing your expenses because what you value is changing, it may even out. Or in many cases, from what I've seen and in my own personal experience, you actually see your regular expenses going down year over year as you continue through this journey. So that's why I split them up. And before I go, I do want to mention that, based on what I've seen on various articles and forums, some people really like to have even more goals to chase as they go through this journey than what I've laid out today in this video. So if that's something that you would think would help you, feel free to break down these levels even further than I have today. This is obviously just the list that I personally used and what worked for me, but you could take it even further. Just off the top of my head, the debt freedom could be broken down into three separate stages. One where you're free from all high interest debt 
debt, a second where you're free from all debts except for the house, if you have one, and a third where you're totally debt-free. And you could tackle the coasting financial independence level in a similar way, breaking it down into two stages. One where you have invested enough to survive in retirement, and a second where you have invested enough in order to maintain your current lifestyle, adjusting for inflation of course, in retirement. And the financial independence level could also be broken down into three stages. Stage 1 would be where you're at a survivable level of financial independence. Stage 2 would be where you've achieved lean fire status. And stage 3 would be where you've achieved full financial independence on your current lifestyle. Assuming of course that that lifestyle is above the lean fire level. Otherwise you could switch those around. So what do you guys think of this 10 levels system of tracking our progress to financial independence? Do any of you use a similar system to track your own progress? If so, what is it? And what level, step, or stage are you guys currently on? Let me know in the comments section below. But that'll do it for me today. Once again, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to subscribe and hit that bell next to my name so you'll be notified of all my future uploads. I generally upload every single Monday, and if you have a friend that would be interested in this kind of content, be sure to share it with them. Let's really get this information out there and start our own financial revolution.